Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Support WrestleTalk! Donate on Patreon. Did Braun Strowman just turn heel? I'm Ollie Davis. This is El Fagador Laurie Blake. Welcome to the Wrestle Ramble Raw Review edition of the show. And what's the matter? Where the f*** are we? We are okay. So, yeah, before we dive into that, we have had some studio problems. Uh, there's been an invasion angle, an invasion of pigeons, <laughs> and we, we, we can't use the studio right now. Because long story short, it now has no electricity. Or but, and meningitis. Yes, and potentially it, it doesn't have it doesn't have electricity, but it does have potential diseases. We're not saying it was cultaholic, but it's just it's confusing how these things have aligned oh, in the same yes. few weeks. So Convenient. we are we're here in the murder room, as we like to call it, just decked out completely in red. We've been here since Thursday, but no one really knows that because we've been using the green screen. This we is can our make it feel like, shame. We can make it feel like we're anywhere at that yeah, point, yeah, which yeah. is what we've been doing yeah. in our minds as well. Yeah. But yeah, it's in a, isn't it great to be here in the murder room? <laughs> Welcome Wolfenstone. to the murder room. Okay. <laughs> but now that's out the way, sorry about the setup. We're going to try and fix this over the next couple of weeks. This might be, <laughs> this might be a month-long thing. But after well, that, it'll be good. Yeah, after, <laughs> and we're going to try. We're going to get a better mic at the moment. We've just, we honestly have. A, an amplifier, and on top of that, we've got a stack of VHS tapes, and then our laptops, and, and then, then a Zoom. Pack. Yeah. So you know, we're bodging it. Yeah. In the you know in the in the true tradition of all video production, we are bodging it at this exact moment in time. And However, really, we'll be past that at some point. And really, this is the this is what most people subscribe to this channel for: that lack of professionalism, the sort <laughs> of making things up on the fly approach. It's the wrestle ramble. In the, in the truest essence. We are naught but a mirror of yourselves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, Raw. Raw happened. It did, it yes. did, yeah. And uh, it started off with Roman Reigns coming. This is so weird doing it without head, like a headset. Mm. Usually you can I can just cup, you, you can just cup your ears for the yeah. rest of it. Just cup our ears for the rest of it. Also, another, another thing we have to point out. They've stopped. But because we are in a music recording studio right now, uh, sometimes we've got a, a house band yes. in the room next door. They're just rehearsing what sounds like the same few notes over and over again. <laughs> sounds like, oh, I thought you were going to go East Enders there towards no. the end. No. We're uh, doing so, scales. It's yeah. nice. It's very nice. Mm. Uh, but we don't have any guests, so I don't know who they're playing on. Well, they're just uh, music. It's like our own personal alliances. Mm. That's what they are. So, 
Raw started off with Roman Reigns coming out and he did his thing, I'm the Universal Champion now, now this is back on Raw, it's going to be open Challenger Mania. I'm kind dog, of dog. stealing Seth Rollins' shtick. And this brought out Braun Strowman because Roman offers this open challenge. And Braun, see here's where I'm a bit confused because Braun technically has an open challenge whenever he wants in the form of the Money in the Bank briefcase. Yes. Roman dishes out an open challenge, Braun comes out. Yeah. As lo- that's, yeah, it, it's silly to be like, well, because Roman says I'm going to do an open challenge. However, there's someone in the back that needs to come out first. Mm-hmm. Braun Strowman. I said I would meet you out here at 8pm. It's at least 8.05. He's like, yeah, because you've been spending five minutes walking. You came out, did the belt or yeah. the thing, walked down the road. It takes him about five minutes to get to the ring. He says, oh, I said you'd meet you out here. Braun comes out. If there's then going to be, if Braun, and he said if Braun doesn't come out, I'm just going to open it up as the workhorse open challenge. Because mm-hmm. they're now, the Shield are no longer the Hounds of Justice. They are the workhorses. Of opportunity. Of opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> um, he says, oh yeah, it, you know, if Braun doesn't come out, then I'm going to op- do an open challenge anyway. Braun might as well just wait for that to happen and then be the first in the queue. And then it saves you a whole briefcase. Because then if you mess it up, mm-hmm. you have another go. Yes. You've got three another yeah, yeah. go. That'd be quite an innovative way of doing it. Just getting a... Uh, a title shot separate to your Money in the Bank briefcase and then just having the Money in the Bank cash in after you lose the match. That's a backup, yeah. It's a great way to... That is 50-50 booking at its finest. Maybe did a swear there. Uh, That's right, we've already done one. Yeah, so, so Reigns comes. They're, all, they're both in the ring now. And I thought Roman got a pretty okay reaction for him from a Toronto crowd who are traditionally quite a buoy for mm. the baby faces audience. Well they were playing but they were playing into it in the commentary as well for I think mm. for probably the first time in a long time at least that they're you know they're normally just saying well the WWE universe are out in force and covering up the idea that they're booing at all but they said here this is one of the most polarizing figures in WWE today. The old John Cena term. Yes. Yeah. But they you know they were they were playing into all that stuff um what else did they say uh <laughs> one of my favourite ones was Coachman just saying, when those three cats are all on one page, there is nothing you can do. Mixing your metaphors. He's the, he's the big dog. Yeah. Coachman had a particularly... I mean, maybe it's because we got that brief respite of a week of René. Mm. René is raw. And now he's been back for two weeks. And it's just, it's just reminded me how, how stupid and asinine his commentary is. But the... So Roman is... That I thought Roman did a good promo here, though. Mm. I, w- I kind of found myself cheering for Roman because this was still the reins of the main event angle from last week, mm. where he kind of he didn't turn heel in my eyes, but him he became a tweener with this quite ruthless. We're going to protect our titles yes. faction of the Shield, and the way he was talking here, like, hey, Braun, you can say what you want, but you haven't won a title yet. You haven't won WWE gold. Mm. Incorrect. What about Nicholas and that short run tag team title? Well, he got and he got a belt for winning the Royal Rumble, the Greatest Royal Rumble. Yes, as well. like, yeah. So there, there was a belt for that. It's a green yeah. one. We've not seen it since. We don't talk about the Greatest you, Royal. You Rumble. had to leave it in Saudi. Mm-hmm. That was the that was the rule. Customs, and uh, yeah, they just went back and forth for quite a while. He said, "You're just uh, you're just the guy who says get these hands," mm. and it kind of positioned Braun as the babyface here. I thought, you know, you're saying mm. he's the the underdog, but then Braun was like, "I'm." not going to cash this in tonight, which is a typically heel move in front of a live audience because they're going to be like, boo, we wanted to see the title shot. But I will have you at Hell in a Cell. Which people, that was good. Yeah, 
but when they he said when people can't when and the idea was obviously that it's going to be in a cell where the other mm. shield members cannot intervene so because that's what i was confused about this is going to be in the cage in the hell in a cell cage yeah but he was saying at hell in a cell wasn't yeah in in a hell in a cell but then he did say so dean and seth can't interfere yes so that makes that hints that it would be a cage match yeah but no well, maybe dean and seth are in the cell and their right. match goes on outside outside a reverse cage match. This is the future. Mm. Vince Russo is booking somewhere very happily. Uh, but this this brought out Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre because they their whole shtick, and I, I like their motivation here, mm. they want to change the landscape of Raw. They feel like WWE has gone in stale, and, which is something I think we can all get behind. They're a babyface team. And he said, look, you two are the, the biggest guys in the company right now, Braun and Roman. Mm. So we'll, we'll take you on in a tag match. And it was the old two people who are fighting will team together to take on another threat. Dun, so I thought, dun, dun. yeah. And then Baron Corbin came out, made the match official. Mm. This was, I thought this was an okay it was a good, opening It was segment. a good opening. I, just, I thought there was a lot of people talking at cross purposes for a mm. lot of it. Uh, I think first exemplified by the... First bit where Roman's talking about the shield, and he says, The shield is a brotherhood of workhorses. Nobody tells us what to do, including me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've just written here, what? <laughs> it's, it's, what? Yeah, that self-talk that he's yeah. got going what? on. We're, nobody tells us what to do, including me. It sounds like a badass line until you think about it. Yeah, it, yeah. Yeah, it does sound like, mm. yeah, nobody tells us what to do. That's fine. Because you don't need to say including you, because nobody tells you what to do. Yeah. You're included in nobody, I guess. Yeah. But then also then saying including me, you don't tell yourself what to do. I get the idea you don't tell Seth and Dean what to do. Fine. But, but Seth's character was that he told them what to do. He was the architect with the plan. I don't know. It's, uh, but but I, we do like the Writing. shield being back. I like the shield yeah, being back. This is good. It was weird later on. We'll get to that. Oh, well, but, that's, let's get on to that yeah. now to continue the Braun Strowman possibly turning heel thing. Mm. So you had that kind of heelish move in the opening segment here with Braun saying, well, you're not going to get the title shot tonight. It's quite a Miz thing to do. Mm. Then in the middle, you had Braun Strowman, a little backstage segment, physically handing over his briefcase to Baron Corbin. Yep. And I, you know, like, here is me cashing it in in advance for the Hell in a Cell match, which Baron had already made official. Mm -hmm. And when that happened, I thought, ooh, that's interesting. That's a swerve, surely. Yeah, so it's it going to be like, a moment here. Mm, so it looks like Braun's given up the case, but mm. actually, he'll... I feel like this could be out. where Kevin Owens gets hold of the case, maybe, yeah. if, we, if we go back on what he said on the show. Baron and KO are, are <laughs> well, mates. Yeah, if yeah. there's something going on here, you know, maybe that, maybe that could be how it happens. However... Yeah, so that happens. He's still then, trying to get the SummerSlam result overturned. I just wish, I just wish it was. Yeah. I just wish it was different and we didn't have to dance. Uh, more behind the scenes stuff. We've got a dance teacher. We're going to do some, <laughs> we're actually going to do some dance lessons to get this ready. Uh, We've but, been told though that it's a lot harder than we imagined yeah. it's going to be. Uh, yeah. Apparently people train for years to be able to remember, remember a four moves. minute dance. Yeah, so <laughs> we've cut that four minutes down to two down minutes. To and a half. So we'll see if we can learn it in Days rather days, than yeah, yeah, days rather than Afternoons. months rather than yeah. <laughs> Afternoons of two dedication. hour long slots. Uh, so the main event was that Roman Reigns and Braun Strowman versus Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre mm -hmm. main event, and it was I wrote like here. Guess who's taking the pin here? Because mm. Dolph Ziggler seemed to be, you know, he stuck out stuck out like a sore thumb in 
he's going to eat the pin. But that wasn't where they went with it. Roman got yeah. beaten up for about five, seven minutes. It was a very long time. And it, yeah. I think it felt like the same, the same outcome could have happened in this match. And it could have been so much shorter. And I think mm. they, they laboured it to the point where it actually got very dull. I, I felt the while. crowd yeah. started to get Everyone saw It started to sag and then the big event happens at the end. And I think the problem with Raw is you know that these final matches a lot of the time are just going to be set up. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a thing here. We're going to do a sort of safe, boring match and then some story will happen that will set up something that's yeah. going to happen at a pay-per-view down the line it's almost like the match is redundant yeah it's, it's just we've it's already just had, our, we've already had yeah. our big match in the show by this yeah. point we've already seen seth and ko have their like gigantic match and we've seen the b team in the revival again and heaven forbid you have more than one good match on a three-hour show oh i know well, people can't handle it ollie no. that's the problem people cannot handle it people don't watch wrestling shows for wrestling laurie no, they watch they it the moments. The story. Yeah. And uh, so. A very complex story about this very large man <laughs> who wants a belt. <laughs> so the. Uh, you can't call it a belt, is what you use to hold your trousers up. It's a championship. A strap. To get a championship opportunity. It's a belt. So Reigns is getting worked over. And I thought there was like quite a cool bit where Dolph is running into the corner. Roman counters with a Superman punch, double down. Reigns is going to go for the hot tag. And. We've been built up in the last few months that Braun's hot tags are amazing. So I was actually quite looking forward to the hot tag. Roman, I had to watch this back a few times because I thought Braun did the old, I move my hand so you can't tag it. But Roman does make the tag. And then Braun's just there like, no, I'm not going to get in. He just takes ages, doesn't Mm. he? He stands stands staring out uh, McIntyre for a long time. And then as that's happening, the sort of dawns on on Ziggler and, and Drew, that he's not coming in. Yeah. So they just drag Roman back into the centre of the ring and start wailing on him. Mm. To which Braun just, he gets in the ring and watches for a bit longer and then gives them a little nod of approval and then they throw him in the corner. Or he throws him in the corner with a one-handed sort of, picks him up one-handed and chucks him in the corner. Yeah, it was cool. I liked this ending. I thought it was good. Yeah, it was It was interesting. Uh, I did... I like that, that the shades of That doesn't sound like you liked it. <laughs> it was good from the... That Braun was beaten down last week. Yes. Quite unfairly so. You know, like, this is a guy fairly within the rules coming to cash in his money in the bank. Mm. He told everyone it was going to happen. Uh, sure, it was at the end of a match against Finn Balor for Roman Reigns, but he knew what was going to happen. And kind of Reigns did the dastardly thing yeah. to have a numbers advantage and overcome Braun and they put him he put him through a table at the end of last week so Braun here going you know actually what I'm not going to help you I'm going to side with these two out and out heels who have caused your two shield brothers Mm. problems for the last few weeks I'm going to team with them and I'm going to beat up not just you but Dean Ambrose who runs in and Seth Rollins who runs down later on not together wait no not because that's not how run-ins work uh, I like to think you Seth Rollins was... They don't have the same music, is the problem. No, you, can't, the problem. You, know, you can't do that. Uh, well, <laughs> show, Seth was selling his shoulder from the match against Kevin Owens, so yeah, I thought he's got, maybe he's, he's in got the... legs, though, isn't he? Yeah. You can at least match pace with Dean Ambrose. But maybe he's in the, he's in the trainer's room he was, and Dean's get, they couldn't playing... Get, couldn't get the door open. Yeah. Was oh, it. God, there's God. no strength here. Uh, but yeah, I'm Braun... like a baby. Braun sided with some heels to get quite a justified payback yep. on some tweeners. So it, it's but difficult still, to call it a heel turn. Yeah, isn't it? yeah. It's, yeah. It's a nice shades of grey thing, and I quite like 
the way they've approached this story mm. and making no one the clear babyface because you can't really with Roman. But I, I felt that the crowd kind of received it quite confused. Like this wasn't the crowd yeah, going, yeah. yeah. I thought the, the whole Toronto audience would be cheering Braun, taking out Reigns, you know, like one more time, mm. make it quite fun. But they were kind of a bit baffled and silent. Yeah, well, I think it's the problem is at the point that you introduce the other two members of the Shield, mm. people's perception of Roman drastically shifts to being yeah. like, oh, it's the Shield again. I love the Shield. Yeah. And then when you see the Shield beaten up, you're like, not the Shield. But if it was just Roman on his own, like people were into the bit where they just yeah. beat up Roman. But as soon as you chuck super over Seth Rollins into the mix and Dean, mm. who's just come back and is super over as well, then people are suddenly like, oh, no. Bad draw. <laughs> Don't like this. Not for me. And it's. I think it's weird as well because the sort of. I think. Yeah, we're saying that obviously, like Roman and the Shield are being booked as tweeners in that angle of like getting the man advantage or whatever. And I don't know if that's how WWE is seeing it. I don't know if they're just seeing it as this idea of like they're just trying to get a fair match. So they're like, if if they like, because you know, cashing in at the end of a match, even if you say up front, yeah, I'm cashing in, is a bit cheap. Yeah. Because someone is tired and someone has just gone through, you know, and the, and the Finn Balor match specifically wasn't a squash or anything, was it? By any standards, like Finn looked like he was going to win quite a few times, and it was a pretty, I don't know, a slobber knocker to use the old phrase, but it was one of those sense. It's like that sense of like they're then coming out to be like, well, if you want this match, you have to ask in advance, mm-hmm. book it in, let us have a let let Roman have prep, and they'll take you on one on one potentially. But in this scenario, yeah, it's difficult then to go like, well, now is Braun justified in doing what he's doing? I guess so, yeah. I, like, but I guess to the WWE, they'll also be like, "Well, Roman's still, a, but you know, he's still a babyface, yeah. even if he is a polarizing figure." I don't know. Well, well, that's that's it. It's like all that works, and I like the the shades of grey, mm. but I also prefer the shades of Bray. I think you you've cited you've cited Braun with two out and out heels mm. here in Ziggler and McIntyre, whereas you could have packaged him in a more ambiguous. Like, so people who aren't out-and-out heels. Yeah. So if you did bring... I know that was fantasy booking, but it's just such a clear storyline. Luke Harper has nothing to do. Bray bring Wyatt, Bray yeah. and Luke. And now you've got this really cool Wyatt family versus S.H.I.E.L.D. six-man feud mm. where you can... Where both teams can get cheers and boos. And what I feel like this was is it's very similar, weirdly, to Becky Lynch and Charlotte on SmackDown in that you are intentionally going against an organic crowd reaction just to get someone the crowd organically dislikes, cheered. And yeah. that's... It's, it's impressive that they've managed to not make Roman booed more, but that's a stupid position to back yourself into in the first place. Yeah. And it, well, it does damage they stand to lose so much, faces. don't they? Yeah, well, yeah. the problem is they stand to lose so much now because not only is this... You know, we've, we've talked before how much stuff has been sucked up into the Roman Reigns vortex, mm. like... The whole Kevin Owens at SummerSlam thing. All of yeah. the, everything that's happened to Kevin Owens to the point where he broke this week on on the show, which you know could be a really interesting story angle. Everything that happened before that was actually just to get Roman over, and then everything that's happened with Braun technically actually has been to get Roman over. Now, now the Shield are back. We stand to lose them as well in this confrontation. We lost Brock. We lost Brock. Like there's there's so much that we've lost in this already, and now it, yeah, you start you've now put six things into this basket that rides on the shoulders of Roman Reigns going over 
as the Universal Champion or just at least as some sort of top guy in WWE, even if he, if he loses to Braun. It's, mm. it's crazy to just do that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But should we get on with the rest of the show? Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I don't know if you can hear it, but our house band have joined us. They are in the next room rehearsing something I've been, trying, I've been trying to think of uh, wrestling based band puns mm-hmm. but there are also house bands on shows so so far I've got uh, The Roots and Bradshaw nice like Farouk and Bradshaw yeah like Farouk yeah. and Bradshaw the Jimmy Fallon band The Roots um, but that's about as far that's as I've it. got that's it oh I thought that's you were going to go no, that's a, no that's about as far as I've got really I've been thinking a lot also about Potentially, how bad the sound. I'm quite worried about how bad the sound is going to be. <laughs> um, it should hopefully just be a one, one day, thing, a one time deal. Uh, so after the opening segment with Roman Reigns and Braun Strowman and Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler, Baron Corbin comes out and effectively makes all those matches officially. Says yes, it's going to be a main event of this tag team situation, and it's going to be the Hell in the Cell mm. match for the Universal Title. And then he goes, "Oh." And I'm going to face Finn Balor right now. I know, I've known about this for a week. Balor just found out about it. Get on down here, put the your little, man. Put your little jacket on and get yeah, down yeah, here. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought, like, th- I'm in a confused state here because I am loving Baron Corbin. I think he's, I think he's so good mm. in this constable role. I think what he did here was, was really funny and a great way to get him over as this really annoying, conniving heel. But it was all at the expense of Balor. You know, after SummerSlam, and we were like, oh, the Demon King is yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. And he had a universal title match against Reigns. And now... However, I, yeah, I guess this can be... You know, I guess the problem is we thought before SummerSlam, 
that this was the interim feud before he did something big. Mm. It looks like it's going to be the interim feud again, but more in a sort of uh, admin-based way, <laughs> with Corbyn actually now just using his power to put Finn down, which is a good way to build someone up like that people really like. If you keep putting them down, then when they finally get that big win, hopefully. However... Yeah, it does seem like the SummerSlam win was that win. Yeah. <laughs> so I think maybe they're just doing it in reverse now. So they're going to have it, give him the big win, put him down, and hope somehow that he gets back up mm-hmm. yeah, without really doing anything. I don't know. Well, later on in the show, it looked to me like Corbin's going to enter a feud with Bobby Lashley. Mm. So I can't believe I'm saying this. I hope Bala has another match against Corbin just so. Balor can end this feud on top yes. and maybe Lashley causes the interference. Yeah. I thought when they restarted the match like Finn might just win again mm. like which would be a nice way to end it and be yeah. like, this yeah, is yeah. this is the line drawn under this now like you can't you know but maybe they'll do that, that down. maybe better. they'll do that down the line with the same you know they like to do the callback so they might just do that callback of Corbin restarts the match again after getting a DQ or something says oh this is a no disqualification match and then Finn goes wild and beats him or whatever yeah with loads of weapons and stuff they're now legal yeah, exactly. yeah so that was the story of this match here they wrestle for about five minutes I personally enjoy Corbin as a wrestler I like him I know a yeah. lot of people do he was getting you can't wrestle chance here yeah, yeah and he definitely can I think he's really good yeah I don't know like end of days looks awesome end of, end of days is wicked end of days is such like end of days is the I think the best finisher in WWE I like the curb stomp I just, uh, no. yeah, the curbs that takes you out. Like the end of days, are just like there's so many like good counters to it mm-hmm. as well that people do. I just, I just think it's great. It looks awesome as but, well. And the fact that he, even he, he never very well, very rarely wins with a deep six. When he hits it, I'm like, oh, near fall. Yeah, it's good. And when, when he, he, he slides the outside, out the ring, so, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, a nice. Yeah. So he did that in this one, didn't he? And he, um, he hit him with a brutal clothesline off the slide mm. out of the ring, and then started doing a two sweet. Yeah, uh, that was yeah, just very good. Yeah, but this was all built, and I thought Balor looked good here as well, and it wasn't until Corbin used a chair, Corbin loses via DQ, but then he gets on the mic, he's, he's mm. the authority figure now, of course, and he says, yep, oh, did I not mention, this is a no DQ match, restart it. Ring the please. bell again. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they do it, and he wins. Interesting, they were putting over a thing about Corbin <coughs> that I've, I've not heard them do before, and obviously correct me if I'm wrong, but they were talking about his uh, golden gloves experience and how he's got a mean right hand for the whole commentary thing so then they seem to be putting over the sort of boxing side of Corbin now mm. um I just think that's quite interesting they've never done that before like yeah. they've always been like he's kind of a power player and like he used to be he used to do uh American, American football, football. Yeah. yeah and so they, they also used to do the tackles and all that kind of stuff but yeah they've never put over the boxing side and now they're saying about his right hand and there's a couple of times in this match where he socks one right in Balor's face and he goes down like a Sack of bricks. Mm. Well, maybe that will change his. Oh, it's an intro. Yeah, slightly. it just seems like there's a yeah. There's they seem to be going for that sort of like a slightly different packaging of. Yeah, because just beyond doing like obviously he's the acting general manager now. That boxing character really fits wrestling in a waistcoat, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really good synergy. Well, like in a sort of Victorian boxer. Yeah, kind of yeah, way. yeah. Well, like I can roll up my sleeves. If he's, he has to box like this now. That's... Mm. Oh please. Uh, so then we got a. The first of two little promo packages. They're really pushing this Undertaker Triple H thing in at Super it, Showdown in Australia in October. So it's they've done they've possibly done more to promote that and evolution than the next pay-per-view Hell in a Cell in mid-September. Mm. So it's um, yeah, it's uh they cut to loads of WWE legends talking about how 
how momentous this is and who they think are going to win. Ric Flair, Mick Foley, Christian, Jeff Jarrett, Kevin Nash on the phone. I liked Everyone Kevin else Nash had videos. The, I loved Kevin Nash on the phone. Yeah. If he's on the phone, chances are he's got the ability to do video. Mm. If he's on a like, unless Kevin Nash, are we saying Kevin Nash doesn't have a smartphone? No, Did they saying, call Kevin Nash's home phone? Yeah, yeah, the landline. <laughs> no, I think I think he goes. Well, it's going to cost extra for video. Yeah. No, no, we're not going to stretch to it. We'll phone in. But yeah, did I, most of them chose the Undertaker? So that means Triple H is winning. I don't know. It was weird seeing Jeff Jarrett as well. Anyway, it was a, it was a random appearance. Speaking of, it was weird. a very it was a very strange promo as mm. it was anyway. Just everyone going like, oh, you know, Mick Foley going like, hey, Undertaker broke my body, blah 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 blah, all this yeah. stuff, and yeah, just a, it's so odd. It's, it's also the sort of thing that doesn't need to be put over. I feel like it. it's fairly self-explanatory to go, oh, it's Triple H versus The Undertaker. You don't see Triple H very often. You don't see The Undertaker wrestle very much anymore either. That's cool. Like, we, now don't need yeah. to, we don't need to also now dig up Ric Flair and Mick Foley and all these other people. Like, let's just have all these other people come and talk about it. I don't, right. It's so weird to waste so much of the show, like so much show on these bits. Yeah. I agree, especially when it's quite far away. I really, I think they're doing a tremendous job of building that match up, but I wish they would do it for like someone who's there full time and actually build yeah. up a proper match. Like considering if, how if little people are doing this was, to yeah. Joe and AJ, that's like that feels like a proper blood feud at the moment, and yeah. you could use this gimmick for them. Uh, you know, like Christian could go, I wrestled with both men in T, like TNA. Blur it out. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, this is, I've never seen them go this, yeah. they hate each other and bring up families and stuff. But yeah, uh, next up we got some dissension in Titus Worldwide, which was following on from last week. Dana Brooke and Apollo Crews are chit chatting backstage. Titus runs in, didn't slide over, and says, Hey, Dana, you want to get a match at Evolution? I've just, I've got you a, you know, a prep match to get you back on the wagon against Sasha Banks. And Apollo's like, this is not a tune-up match. I mm. thought this was just some random jobber. Yeah. You're gonna, yeah, you know. Dana, you're not good enough. Yeah. Is what he's, he's saying. Basically, sad times. Yeah. And because uh, he said this is her, her first TV match in nine months. Yeah. The problem is I she also. That's right. She knows the stats. Is the problem. Oh, yeah, yeah. And she knows she mm. knows her own stats. She's fully aware that she's not had a, a win for a very long time. But this wasn't statistician Dana Brooke. This was completely different wrestler Dana Brooke who dresses differently. Who's she's a taken, heel, uh, usually. She's, she's taken the glasses off, I guess. Mm. So, yeah. It's like Clark Kent. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but they, I thought Brooke looked pretty good. I always think she does in both a aesthetic sense and a wrestling sense when she does her little flips and Gymnastic stuff. Gymnastic stuff is yeah. really, yeah, she's really good. Uh, and she lost <coughs> handily into a, bank st- uh, a backstabber and then a bank statement. She tapped. So, yeah. Bailey and Sasha are still doing nothing, but at least they're mm. getting Dana Brooke over. Bailey's got glasses. In this here, yeah, or just in she, general, she had Sasha Banks boss glasses on when she came out. Oh, okay, so they're really good for character development. <laughs> then we got one of my favorite bits of the, this the next like 45 minutes to an hour of the show, I thought were really good. Mm. Dean Ambrose was just sitting backstage, and I've seen a few people say this was pretty goofy. And Jinder Mahal walks in and he says, Dean, you seem to have some anger issues since you've come back, but I am a meditation master. I want you to find your inner peace. Just close your eyes and tell me what you see. Shante, Shante. And Dean just goes like, I've closed my eyes and uh, I see me breaking your face and your ribs. And now you're crying. And then he opened his eyes and he looks at Jinder and just quite threateningly. There was no goofiness or fun stuff. Mm. Just goes, get out of my face. 
thought it was really good. I, I'm sort well, of, I'm in, like I'm, in, no, I'm in two minds. I, I, yeah, I like the, I kind of like it in the sense of like it's a, it's a quite an obvious kind of being a badass kind of mm. deal. I just thought it was more interesting that Dean come back and like you had said before, has been almost silent. He hasn't actually done any two camera addresses. Like he's not, he's not picked up a mic. He's not uh, had a promo. He's. He, this is the first time he's actually spoken to camera on purpose on roll up. People have said he's been blabbing during matches and stuff. I I didn't necessarily see it, but I guess maybe he has. Mm. But this is the first time he's actually said something on WWE television since he's come back. And I just preferred him. Like... And it's quite, it could be quite a subtle thing to do with him as well, to just, he's not said anything. Like, he's come back and he's not said anything to anyone. And then when he does eventually, or hopefully turns heel, you're just like, yeah, of course, he's just, he's just yeah, completely yeah. snapped. Like, because he, he, he's been looking <clears throat> deranged rather than like, you know, the, the wacky lunatic. He's, he's now the actual, like, you know, if, if Drew McIntyre wasn't the, the psychopath, I think Dean... Uh, Dean Ambrose would be called the psychopath mm-hmm. in this scenario. But yeah, I just think it would be more fun to keep him silent. And I think you could have done a similar promo. You know, you could have done Jinder going, close your eyes, and then cut, cutting with the camera close to Jinder. And then he op- goes, and then breathe in, and open. And he opens, and Dean is right in his face. Yeah. And then that's when Jinder has to walk away. Because he knows cool, something's actually. happening. And you, yeah, you just, I think, like, you can tell so much of this without words. And yeah, I, I think it was all cool, but it was all sort of also like, Scrapped a lot of potential. Yeah, it was just—it was just a bit too like you know, it was laboured, and you could have done it with—you could have done it without words, and he would have looked more menacing, I think. Mm. Similarly, when in the match later on, it could have looked more menacing. You—you've changed my mind, actually, like hearing that because that's a much better way of doing the same thing, Mm. and you still don't have to make Ambrose talk. I like as soon as Ambrose opened his mouth here, I was like, ah, no, I was kind of hoping. Mm. They were going to keep you silent for quite a while. And then when you did speak, it would be a bigger deal. But I think, looking back on it, that was probably a mistake. They probably didn't even think, let's keep him silent. No, Because no. Uh, it, it just happened that way, it seems. So, But when he started speaking, I, I, I really liked his delivery. I liked yeah. that there wasn't a single joke. It was just really threatening, I'm going to hurt you stuff. Which is what I appreciate in a combat sports athlete. Mm. Uh, but yeah, the... Your, your way's better. But, so. but the problem is that, yeah, obviously like, <coughs> you, you want to transition him back to talking at some point because he is an amazing promo. He mm. is probably the best promo on Raw, apart from Owens, maybe. Yeah. Like, he's definitely... Like, when he goes into that, when he, that mode. Yeah, yeah he's really one of the good. top guys in, at promos. Like, you know, like, I, we saw Raw, well, I saw Raw like a, a year ago, I think, in London, and that was the one where he was standing in booking the matches and yeah. coming out and doing all of that. He was basically emceeing the show and he came out before every match. He's amazing. Like, mm. he's so good on the mic. He doesn't have to have a match at all. But yeah, I, I guess, like, I liked the slightly off-kilterness of him not talking and, you know, all the staring into distance and being like... And I think he's still selling that sort of angle in his matches and coming out and, you know, he's not celebrating. He's not playing to the crowd when he comes out. He's, you know, he's technically a face, but just this weird completely unhinged character yeah, so like yeah. keeping him silent I think just plays into that because I think when you hear him talk you feel sympathy you feel sympathy for him because he's so good mm. you're, you're instantly like oh he's great and I want you to be like no he's scary yeah 
Yeah, I, you've won me round. Uh, I would have preferred Ambrose. As much as I did enjoy this, you've, you've scrapped a, quite an exciting storyline that you could have told over a mm. few months. But maybe they're going to do it with Kevin Owens instead because he came back. He came back after just <clears> a week <throat> of being away. So he missed last week's Raw. But of course, he faced Braun Strowman where he was squashed the previous night at SummerSlam. And he comes back here to, op- to answer Seth Rollins' icy open challenge. And I felt like... It's a massive pop. For yeah. this. Obviously, like, the, ho- the, the hometown advantage. At well, least, home the, country. The home country. It's home still, country. I, I think in terms of WWE, if you're in Canada and you are Canadian, it's idea. a hometown advantage. Uh, but he comes out and I thought... God, I feel like this Owens hasn't been around for months. Because the Owens we've had, and I look back, I was like, what has he done? Because I've kind of forgotten Mm. about everything since he's been drafted to Raw. He had that weird Bobby Lashley feud thing, and then he, everything since Money in the Bank has been him and Braun Strowman, him trying to run away, him Mm. doing all this comedy stuff, getting squashed, looking rubbish, never really getting the upper hand. Although he won at Extreme Rules, it was really him just getting chucked off the cage. So when he came out here with that huge reaction from Toronto and he just looked badass in the IC title picture against Rollins, someone who isn't Lashley or Strowman, I really felt like, oh, Kevin Owens is back for the first time in months. It felt like a big return. It's like he he was the cowardly lion for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He found his (laughs) courage. And I I mean, it was a good promo when he came out as well. Like when he he comes out and he says to Seth... uh, I'm glad you're happy, Seth. You've got your mates, you've got your title, you've got your CrossFit. What have I got? What have I had since I came to Raw? The whole time I was on SmackDown, I was dreaming of coming back to Raw. And since I've been here, what's happened? I've been chucked off a cage, been chucked off a stage. All the like, and all Sammy Zayn's gone. Sammy Zayn's gone. He and he said, and he said, and he says, oh, if I had my buddy by my side at SummerSlam, I would have won the Money in the Bank contract. I would have cashed it in, and I would be the Universal Champion. It's, it was such a good promo. Yeah. And then they did the classic trying to turn him, the crowd against him, just at the end, little dig. Yeah, so he, he goes, started speaking in French. Well, no, he said, I couldn't imagine. He said, I couldn't imagine. I'm not, he said, I'm not leaving this building tonight without a title. And I couldn't imagine a better place for me to win the Intercontinental title than Toronto. Oh, no, actually, I can. It's uh, Montreal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then start speaking in French. Which is really good. Uh, but yet then they had... A pay-per-view caliber match. So good. This, yeah. Unbelievable. Rollins and Owens. You, you think like these are two guys who have whose gimmick is about saving Raw. Their gimmick, like Owens' gimmick throughout late 2016, early 2017, and Rollins' gimmick this year, it's been Monday Night Rollins, I steal the show with wrestling. Mm. And Kevin Owens, the Kevin Owens show. The show I steal yeah. the show with Chris Jericho segments. And here they are, both going against each other in this match that went through two commercial breaks, probably went about 20 minutes overall. Yeah. And this really reminded me of KO's match against John Cena when he... His debut match. Yeah, his debut match. Up. And he had like, he was busting out all these moves, the moonsault, that sort of twirling suplex thing he does off the top rope. I, I loved it. He, there was so many, the, the cross face, the stunner, the moonsault again near the end. I thought Owens was spectacular here. He was. There, and, there were, and there were some fantastic counters where there were some mm. like, great bits where uh, Rollins got him up into the powerbomb. He does the sunset flip into the powerbomb, runs the whole ring, buckle bombs him, which is already impressive, but Owens bounces off and lands a super kick. Yes. And everyone, like, it was 
I mean, it got all the this is awesome chance for a very good reason. It was so funny. That spot is like a classic indie spot. And it's weird because WWE mentality, apparently the agents backstage, are like the indies, indie guys don't know how to work. Uh, they, they just do these moves for moves sake. But then you're like, but it gets a reaction. Yeah. And that spot is like, that's an indie spot. It's weird seeing WWE put that kind of thing in. But it got such a huge mm. uh, reaction from the crowd. It was it was a terrific, terrific match. Owens misses the moonsault at the end, which you know he was he's on the top rope. No, he's on the second rope. He hops up to the and turns, top yeah. and turns and then jumps in one fluid motion. Mm. It looks spectacular, but he missed it. As he's getting up, Rollins hits the curb stump for the win. Yeah. I so Great I wrote match. I wrote just before that happened, just after the buckle bomb mm. super kick. I wrote, "Thank God this is happening." It looked yeah, bleak yeah. for Owens, and then the end happened. <laughs> and then you're like, so the end happens. He gets he gets. I thought he, I, I bought into him winning. For a yeah, I bought him. To, I bought him to winning. I was like, I would love to see mm. Intercontinental title. Like, because also like, Seth's got other things to do now with the Shield, and yeah. he's going to yeah. be in this picture. I just, again, we don't need to absorb another title into the Roman Reigns vortex. Um, but yeah, so then Owens doesn't leave the ring. Well, Seth, Seth nods in respect after that. Yes, yeah. Like when he's looking down at Owens and then Seth walks off. But yeah, they go. They even cut to the Braun Strowman thing of Braun handing over the briefcase to Corbin. Then there's a commercial break. Mm. Come back. Owens is still in the ring. But yeah. now he's sitting down on the steel chair with a mic. Looks, looks like he's been crying. And he just goes, I quit. And he walks out. Yeah. Fascinating. Uh, yeah, as long as it's not fascinating, as long as it's not true, as so long as it's as long as this is kayfabe, then it's brilliant. So you've if got we, a theory that he's just quit. I just hope it. <laughs> what? That, so, yeah, my. I just feel like um, obviously I, I'm, I'm very hopeful it's not true, and I, I don't. You know, I don't think this is true at all. This is just a, a, a random thought that popped into my head earlier. I just think if you were gonna quit, and you are Kevin Owens who is the master of staying in character. Yeah. This is the way he would do it. It's they would they could have said to him you've got like at the end of the match stay in the ring, get a mic, say your piece and then you can leave like if he's asked for his release or whatever. And I just imagine he would just wait 5 minutes and then just say Quit and walk out. <laughs> like it just seems very Kevin Owens. Straight like, into all in on Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, but, yeah, I, I'm, think I'm he's, I think he's sticking around. So. I'm very excited to see where they go with this. Yeah. And, I, you know, like we said, it could be the potential that, mm. you know, and considering that the handing over the briefcase thing, I think, happened here, this could be the way he gets his hand on the, the contract. Well, like, if, if you want me to stay, give yeah. me the money. The well, because the thing is, they've already confirmed, like, they've already confirmed the match for Hell in a Cell without mm. the cash-in, I guess. Like, yeah. You know, it could that could just be the match they've put together, and they just say, "Well, you already had the match. You didn't need to cash in the, the contract to have the match." That's Roman agreed to have the match with you, so we booked the match. And then Kevin Owens could just come yeah, out with Kevin Owens involved. could just come out with a briefcase and go, "Well, you didn't cash it in." Yeah, <laughs> like I've got this now. I was also in that Money in the Bank match. Yeah. Just say I was runner up. Yeah, fine. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's and that does devalue the briefcase somewhat. Oh yeah, it, it, it would be yeah. fun. It's but you could it could be like the the the, the zenith of mm. uh, Corbyn's abuse of power kind of deal. It's it's a shame that as exciting as this is and as well executed as Owens' performance was, this is like the the second or third 
Kevin Owens has quit the company because he's not being used right. Yeah. Storyline or got in fired six months. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like, didn't win his didn't win his contract back or mm. you know had to leave. Just turn he'll just turn up on SmackDown. You know? Yeah, I wouldn't and, mind that. Also, yeah, like, yeah. just put him on SmackDown. That'd be great. And if he was positioned as a really credible threat all the time, which he is, but he hasn't been booked that way, mm. then this storyline would work a lot better. But I'm genuinely curious to see where it goes. Uh, maybe not so curious about the B team versus the Revival. Hey, do you know what? If you win this match. You get another one. Mm. Oh, God, the, the rewards are so good in WWE. They, they, yeah, after they beat them in singles matches last week and just had tag matches on Raw and SummerSlam going before then. God's sake. Yeah, when will, when this. will this B-team thing end? Like, What's going to end get first, it, I get that it. or Corbin and Balor? <sighs> what would you like to see end first? I don't mind Corbin and Balor too mm. much. Like, I mean... It's annoying to have the same matches, but I think there's more there's more storyline to have there. I don't think the B team the B team storyline should not have made it this far. I think it was a, it was a moment to happen that they accidentally win a bunch of matches and then accidentally win the tag team championship. So then either at that point transition them to be an actual credible threat and an actual good team, mm-hmm. or give the belts to someone else because the joke has run its course. Yeah. It had done at the point where they won the titles off the Deletes of Worlds and ruined that. <laughs> and so why are we now ruining the Revival as this credible tag team? Because, you know, like for all the bits where the Revival come out and they invoke the names of all of these tag team greats, the Road Warriors or whatever, like, you're still losing the match. You're still, like, losing the important matches. You might be winning week on week individually winning a tag match to win a title shot Mm -hmm. you don't win the title shot though so you can say whatever you want you're still getting beaten by whatever the cheapest thing is it doesn't you know like even if they fluke a win it's still a fluke and you lost to a fluke like it's that kind of like you shouldn't be a reversal a reversal of your roll-up shouldn't catch you if you're that good yeah it just shouldn't yeah so it just i hope this dies a death ends quickly I, I like there was a moment I, maybe I wasn't paying attention I thought this was for the titles me too yeah because they won second, the two yeah. singles matches last week so when they won I was like oh yes yeah. finally but then no one really reacted big and I thought oh crap it's, it's yeah. carrying on I also hoped I also hope when they got out of the ring to get the belts yeah I, I think to steal them they should have just gone Oh no, these are ours now. You don't deserve them. Like yeah, yeah, that would have been better. that would have been like. There's so many like you know like uh, in Impact uh, the OGs and LAX taking like you know it was it OGs took the titles mm, from LAX and like spray painted them and have kept them for a while. But like that kind of thing would really work for the revival if they become the gatekeepers of like this is tag team wrestling. Mm-hmm. We're serious about this. I think that could be the only way to save yeah. this pointless downward spiral of a feud that is ruining the actual tag team belts B team B team go 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 away go 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 yeah, yeah. hashtag please don't come back uh, but the revival won that with a shatter machine on Axel and then a shatter machine on Dallas just, just for, for good, good measure, measure. Uh, Elias next he is doing some fantastic Eliasine where he's just strumming on his guitar I thought it was really good he played for quite a while he did yeah come on in much better than these guys. Oh, and now they good at house band. Band's great. And he he does this like he's getting everyone on this his is side. Is it in your house band? That's good. That's a wrestling pun. That's a wrestling pun. He's he's getting everyone on his uh, side. That's a wrestling pun. <laughs> Who wants to walk with Elias? <laughs> everyone does, of course. 
And he says, well, it's just a shame that it's Toronto. And he does his classic ragging on Toronto, how depressing it is. And who should come out? It's Trish. Trish Stratus. So, yeah, he count, she comes out. Elias can't get no satisfaction. No. Uh, Trish tells Elias to shut his mouth. It's pretty good stuff going back and yeah. forth. She uses his catchphrases at him. Yeah. The ultimate insult. And, uh, but then, like, Trish weirdly is having this quite good promo exchange with Elias. Mm. And Elias is really good here. Trish is a bit more wooden. But then she becomes even more wooden when she almost just half turns away from Elias and enters evolution PR mode and just starts talking about how great evolution is. It's come such a long way. And, yeah, I thought that was atrocious. Yeah, I, don't, I, I didn't get any of this sort of bit, and because then, then it's interrupted by Rhonda, mm. who yeah. then is coming out before Natty. Yeah. And then they go to the ring, and they mm. have a little... Friendship with Trish Stratus, apparently. And Elias evaporates. Elias evaporates, yeah. He Elias. was slapped by Trish, yeah. and that caused him to Shatter. disappear, yeah. yeah. And then Bliss comes out with Alicia Fox, who doesn't even get her own music anymore. And she cuts a promo. Uh, says she's getting her rematch at Hell in a Cell. However, she's also brought Mickey James for this match, for no good reason. Mm-hmm. And well, now Trish was there. Yeah, I know, but like... No, the match is between Alicia Fox. And by the and when this match got started, I was like, "Who's wrestling here? What, what is happening?" I was just like, "This is just—is Elias in this yeah. match?" I just feel bad for Alicia Fox and Natalia at this point mm-hmm. because the whole of this whole—they're doing a match thing—has been overshadowed entirely by both Evolution setup and setup for a rematch at Hell in a Cell so. and the Bliss versus Stratus match. After, yeah, uh, evolution. Uh, evolution. So yeah, it's, this all of this stuff has been, yeah, they just pushed right down. And I mean, obviously, like we're not saying we're excited for an Alicia Fox match, but Natalia, she's really good like, in in Canada as well. Yeah, I know, ridiculous. Uh, and Natalia beat Fox very quickly. It got worse, folks, because the celebrating baby fe- faces, feces, <laughs> baby feces, baby feces, uh, which was Trish. Rousey and Natalia. They're walking backstage all jovial. Who should they run into but the people who are still there? It's, it's ten days home. now. The Bella Twins. They keep stowing away in the yeah. luggage. And uh, Nikki and Brie are like, hey, gals, we've got some exciting news. We talked to Baron. He said we can have a match next week. Way. And then they all posed for a selfie. It was atrocious. It was horrible. But the weirdest thing... Is it the Riot Squad they're against next week? Oh, I don't know. I think it's I the Riot Squad, hard. I think. So, so Brie also has a match with Daniel Bryan, like tagging with Daniel Bryan against Miz and Maurice on SmackDown. So, is this the first proper... I know, like, Jack Swagger was traded to between SmackDown and Raw in 2016. Mm. There have been a few other crossovers. But I think this is, like, the first proper time we've had a, a floating team or floating talent in the brand split. And it's the well, Bella Cena Twins. Was, John Cena was a free agent for a bit. So maybe uh, it's only yeah, people yeah. related to that lineage. <laughs> only people who have once slept if with there John is a, Cena. If there, is a, yeah, if there is a once removed from someone who slept with John Cena, you're allowed to float. Well, why isn't Daniel Bryan... Not that Daniel Bryan slept with John Cena. No, but he but slept he with is. someone who is one removed. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, the yeah. six degrees of Kevin Bacon, but with John <sighs> Cena and his bacon. So I... 
I used to hate the old brand split because it just became so useless at the end and it, it didn't exist really. People were appearing on both brands for no reason. And it all, like it never used to be that way. It just started, you know, it didn't end yeah, as, as T.S. Eliot said, it didn't end with a bang, with, it <laughs> ended with a whimper. And this was like, this, this to me was the first whimper of, the, of Vince getting bored with a brand split. Mm. And it's just gonna keep on crossing over. Anyway, let's move on. Well, it's the, yeah, but if Vince is bored with a brand split, it's because he continually books the exact same matches week on week on week on mm. week on week. So, yeah, play with the toys you got in different combinations. Stop ruining it's, NXT! It's like owning Lego yeah. and just building the same thing out of Lego every time. And then complaining that and you're then go, bored. God, this Lego is rubbish! It just Whoa. makes a car! No, you just make a car. You there are so many possibilities. Stop making a car! Uh, Undertaker and Triple H got uh, Stone Cold Big Show DDP next. They were saying, hey, this is going to be a good match. And Shawn Michaels is going to be on next week's show, which is exciting. HBK. Especially because he has so much history with Triple H and Undertaker. And there is that report that Taker's going to be there too. Mm. Mm. And Post Malone. No. And Post Malone. <laughs> then we got Bobby Lashley and Baron Corbin backstage. Uh, Lashley came in and was like, hey, what's hanging, Baron? And Baron was like, oh, I didn't, totally didn't forget about you. I can't remember their names, but you've got a match next. Saying up the idea that, yeah. it's, is it Jobbers? It's Jobbers. Who are the Jobbers? Jobbers, the Ascension. Yeah, not local competitors, the yeah. Ascension. But contracted talent, the Ascension. Yeah. Uh, and Lashley beat them quite handily. There was like what, there was one cool moment. I thought I've written down a singular cool moment, which was uh, Lashley does a gorilla press and then they do a chop block to knock mm. it down and it lands in a in a splash, which I thought cool. And then yeah. the rest of it, I was like, meh, meh. Uh, yeah, this was. I didn't mind it. It wasn't anything special. And to me, this looks like Corbin versus Lashley is going to be the, the ultimate match. Move aside, Balor. And finally, well, we finally was the main event, but we've already spoken about that. The tag match. We got Dean Ambrose taking on Jinder Mahal after that hot setup with the meditation. Mm. I thought this was Ambrose was cool. He still got that vicious wrestling style. There was a tremendous bit outside when he threw Jinder back in the ring and just pushed over Sunil yeah. really venomously. I thought that was great. But then Jinder sort of beat him down for three minutes, and Dean just hits the deck deeds for the, the, win, deeds for yeah. the win. When, like as you were saying, it would have been much better. Frambos to just storm through yeah. and get the victory. But just go, like, but also just go too far. I think like mm. I don't want to see it like um, I don't want him booked like Goldberg. I don't want it to be a sort of yeah. like, come out and maul someone, get the pin, have a big celebrate, walk away. I want it to be he comes in, goes literally too far to the point where the referee's about to throw it out. Yeah, yeah. Gets a couple of DQs maybe because he's going too far, and then he's basically forced to go for pins because someone just goes just. Like the referee has to be like, just pin him. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, okay, and then does it, and then then just storms to the back again. Like, I'd love to see that Ambrose. This kind of like, here it's just yeah. I there is no reason to have Jinder be on top at any point in this match because it just ruins the whole mm. mythos of this new Ambrose. I just think these small decisions can just damage that idea that he's going to be this this much bigger thing because it seemed like it felt like such a big deal when he came back mm -hmm. and like the and it might be it might just be everyone reading too much into the new look you know the haircut and the being about two sizes bigger um but if you've got that to work with yeah work yeah. with it like lean into it let's have him be completely deranged like because then i think 
you do all of this, and then you know it kind of makes the shield feel more like a threat because they've got this animal like yeah. on their team. And then when he turns on them, as you would hope is what's coming up, it feels like much more of a thing because yeah, of course you can't keep him under control because you've basically got like a, a Joker level sort of maniac yeah. working with you. It's like ha- keeping control of the Suicide Squad at that point, isn't it? Like you know, like he's only working with you so long as it's beneficial mm-hmm. or keeping him alive in the Suicide Squad's case, I guess. But yeah, I would love to see that be the thing. And then, and I think just getting beat up a little bit by Jinder hurts that a bit too much. And the way you said to do it of him going too far mm. that does start to create a really interesting dynamic with the shield because they're all like oh mate can you can you be a bit Iranian. bit more justicey yeah. bit more yeah you know, well considering yeah. in there exactly. and considering last week that he yeah. was the one that started taking the stuff off the mm. table like they they'd beaten down Strowman already they'd all done their finishes on him or whatever and then yeah Ambrose is the one that slides out of the ring and starts stripping off the announce table which was Funnily enough, there, <laughs> conveniently there on Just Raw, week, which yeah. is not where they are, um, and yeah, and then is like let's let's do this then, and I think that's you know that's the beginning of him always mm. going a little bit too far in that you know they're like yeah, this is how far justice goes and you're always pushing it beyond yeah. so we need to bring you back in and that's when he goes no I'm like I'm know, justice this is what I think justice is and yeah. I'm a proper vigilante about it and then that's where the the tear between that team can come yeah. Well, I gave it a I gave it a high average, so three out of five, I guess, because I really, really enjoyed the Kevin Owens stuff. That was unbelievable, and I, I did enjoy Trish coming back, and you know I didn't hate the Braun Roman stuff, but it, it was good. The match could good. have been more yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, what about you? What would you give? It? I would give it a middle three. I think. Okay. Yeah, like I think. Close. Yeah, I think a th- I think a three is fair. Mm. I think like there were there were very high highs and. Just a lot of me. Low lows. Yeah. Well, that's all we've got time for. Sorry again about the weird setup. We'll get it fixed as soon as possible. And click the videos that have just appeared on our laps to catch up with the latest Wrestle Talk awesome things. And click this little button right here because we are so close to making NXT reviews happen weekly. So just become a patron on there to make that happen. I've been Ollie Davis. This has been El Fakador. And that was Rambling. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.